From the Emory Wheel, I'm Gabriella Lewis. This is Wheel Talk. Since March, college students across the country have been adjusting to a new world of remote learning, where classes are on Zoom and discussion posts, papers, and tests pile up as students have little to no in-person contact with their peers or professors. In addition to transitioning most classes online, Emory announced in July that it would hold classes on Labor Day and not include a fall break to minimize travel. And on October 15th, the university revealed that there would be no spring break next semester. While remote learning has prevented major outbreaks from spreading within the student body, many are feeling the detrimental mental health effects of learning in isolation during the university's shortened academic calendar. For students who are already struggling, the idea of another five months of near-continuous class is pushing them to a breaking point. I speak with news reporter Matthew Somech about the mental health toll that the spring semester brings. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Gabriella. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Can you tell me a little bit about what you've been reporting on this past week or so? Yeah, definitely. I'm Matthew Somech. I'm a freshman at Emory and I'm a reporter for the news section of The Wheel. And this past week, I've been researching and kind of speaking with students Uh, resident advisors and administration regarding the spring schedule and how they think this relates to student mental health. So let's start way back um, in the summer, what feels like a lifetime ago. Um, What actually was the process uh, for the university to decide what the fall semester, what we're in now, is going to look like? Yeah, so originally the university released a plan which kind of explained that all students would be coming back to campus in the fall. And a lot of students were really excited about this announcement. But As cases continued to surge in the nation, and especially within Atlanta's community, Emory administration felt the need to reduce the number of students brought back to campus for health purposes and to kind of maintain the health of the student community at Emory. So only freshmen were brought back to campus and a select number of non-freshmen with specific circumstances. Beyond that, they also introduced a condensed semester with fewer breaks for students on campus and off campus. The reason for this condensed semester was for fewer students to leave campus, reducing the number of cases of COVID on campus. With the condensed semester, they would have no fall break, no Labor Day, and kind of controversially, no day off for election day. Originally, students really didn't pay attention to this condensed semester at the time of the plan of the announcement. But as the weeks progressed and students began to feel their mental health deteriorating, They recognized the toll that the lack of breaks was taking on their mental health at large. And to a large extent, we have to remember that this plan was very successful at removing COVID cases from campus. Sharon Rabinowitz, the executive director of Emory Student Health Services, told The Wheel last week that there is a dilemma existing between minimal cases versus mental health of students at Emory University. But having a long break does increase the risk for travel-related surges or uptick. So it is a balance. So I think we this is very much top of mind, um, and this is why we have resources in place for people to call timely MD, talk now if they're having more stress. Um, again, faculty to think about how they can create the reading days, um, and just overall thinking how we can offset that impact. So Matthew, it sounds like what you're saying is that this has worked. There hasn't been that many spikes in cases and that ultimately COVID numbers have stayed pretty low. Um, But how are students actually doing 
week after week uh, with no breaks the semester. Yeah, so after speaking with a lot of students, I've definitely recognized that a lot of people have been feeling like their mental health has been deteriorating as a result of the lack of breaks. I think that's not unique to one specific student, and I think it's an experience both faced by on-campus and off-campus students. One specific student I talked with, Cara Swain, argued that it feels like they're being trapped on campus almost, suggesting that like there is no way to escape the feeling of of constantly being overwhelmed with schoolwork. And another student I spoke with, Nadine Gerard, who is actually a freshman who currently lives in Jordan, explains that the lack of breaks is not only really hurtful to her mental health, also pretty deteriorating physical health as well, seeing as with the time zone differences, she actually is up every night and her physical health has like responded very poorly because of the lack of breaks and she is constantly pushing herself, working to deadlines and it's become really, really stressful for students. And for a large part, professors have been pretty responsive to this and they have been more lenient to deadlines, but we have to understand that this is also a problem they're facing as well. Professors now have no breaks within their work schedule. It seems as if they're teaching every day, just as if students have been working every day. And it's just a really hard thing to balance for most. So we all know that the decision for the spring semester was recently made, um, and it looks like it's going to be pretty similar to this semester with the way that it's set up. Can you get really specific and tell us about what the spring semester is actually going to look like according to the administration um, and how the process of announcing this was? The first thing that happened was President Graf Fenba sent an email to all students on October 15th that kind of explained the situation of what the spring semester would look like. 800 students would be brought back to campus for in-person classes, and 375 of those students would be living in residence halls. Administration also talked about plans for an in-person commencement ceremony, although the plans really aren't set in stone, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen. But the big thing we should take away from this email was a continuation of the condensed semester. The spring semester is going to be starting on January 25th, and it's going to be ending on in May as usual. But kind of controversially, there is going to be no spring break. And at the time of the announcement, there was absolutely no days off for students on or off campus. As students began responding to these emails with like a concern of mental health, no concrete plan introduced at the time of the email, but they ended up putting in three rest days for the mental health of students. The university held two town halls to field questions for both Emory and Oxford campus students. Can you tell us a little bit more about how those town halls um, actually went down and what happened and the questions that were answered? Yeah, definitely. So there was one that happened on the Oxford campus and one that happened on the Atlanta campus. And they're very similar to the town halls of the past, kind of just explaining. In regards to the Oxford campus town hall, there was kind of like a lot of commotion existing within that event. And I actually had the opportunity to speak with Martin Shane Lee, an opinion piece writer at the freshman Oxford campus. And he kind of explained to me what happened. Everyone was force muted. Um, and it didn't seem like there was, there was going to be a chance for uh, people to ask questions during that Zoom. And then um, some of the sophomores started changing their name in the town hall, uh, the Zoom town hall to uh, why can't we unmute and can this be an open town hall? And then the administrators stopped that option so you could not rename yourself anymore. At like 50 minutes out of one hour, they said, all right, we're going to open up to some questions. And that ended on ended up going for another 30, 40 minutes. Um, they're also like, use your free absence days. If your class assigns free absence days, use them. Um, but a lot of sophomores are already so behind they can't really afford to miss many more classes. Like in response to like mental health concerns, they were like 
go look at the birds outside. If there's an attendance policy that lets you miss some classes, I am saying as the academic dean, mental health days are important for all of us. Even a brief space to take a walk away from your computer. Admire a bird if you have one outside your flat. Get out of your grind we know you're in because you're such high achieving students. So that was the Associate Dean for Academic Affairs at Oxford, Valerie Molyneux, explaining the Oxford administration's plan for mental health. So there was also a bit of controversy existing within Atlanta campus's town hall, specifically with students feeling that interim provost Jan Love's words were rather insensitive to the Emory community at large. Faculty are going to make assignments for students to complete um, in a way that um, helps them progress through the course. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me that you have assignments that you would be working on on the weekends or um, uh, at any particular time to um, ensure that the coursework gets done. So I simply encourage you to plan ahead, pace yourself so that the assignments that you know from the beginning of the syllabus that you have to complete will be made in a timely way that you would be able to rest on a day when there's no classes. I wish there's more communication and just like understanding that we are people too. We have a voice and we have opinions and like listen to us because we're living this, you know. You get to make the calendar, but we actually have to like live the days on the calendar. Oxford needs to step up its game because its students are struggling. Like this is hard. It, the students are struggling, the professors are struggling, everyone's struggling. And I don't know why we're acting like we can do business as usual. Especially if you focus on like how students are actually feeling versus the way that the administration is presenting us. Um, because they're saying that like, because COVID cases are low, like everything is completely fine. And that's absolutely not true. Like a lot of students here are either considering transferring or um, they're just like having a really bad time altogether. Considering I spent like the last, what, eight weeks in continuous studying and homework and going to classes and taking tests, um, it's, it's kind of like a snowball, really. It's not that bad when you first start, you have all this energy to start the semester, but without any kind of, any kind of room to breathe, any kind of like valves to let the pressure out, it builds up. So we touched on this a little bit about how students are feeling about this news, um, but can you give me a little bit more about what the feelings and the anxieties of a condensed spring semester without spring break, without most breaks are going to feel like? Yeah, so definitely after this semester, students have kind of understood what it meant to have a condensed semester, specifically in regards to their mental health and like dealing with schoolwork. And given this experience, students have expressed a lot of concern regarding what's going to happen in the future with the spring semester. I specifically want to talk about like different levels of how mental health is being affected, because unfortunately, it's not just dealing with schoolwork. Students also have to do with homesickness and kind of like a feeling of lack of support. Another thing I want to touch upon is the sophomore dilemma existing at Oxford campus. Seeing as these students specifically applied to Oxford campus to get that experience freshman and sophomore year, and because of the pandemic and like the school's response and administration's decision to keep sophomores off of school campus, the current sophomores at Oxford's campus would only 
have experienced the Oxford campus life for one semester and a half. A lot of Oxford sophomores were very upset with the decision making. I actually had the opportunity to speak with Micaiah Carrington Zarita on the sophomore opposition to the decision. After the town hall at the Oxford campus, sophomores got together to kind of explain their frustrations to one another. We were angry and we wanted to do something. And so we kept talking about all these different things. And I was like, maybe we could do social media. Someone was like, maybe we could do a letter. Maybe we could do this. And so by the end of the meeting, it just felt like we had talked and we really wanted to do it. It's just we hadn't assigned roles yet. So I wrote this letter and I shared it and I was like, y'all, come on, edit it as a collective body. And then I sent it out last Friday. Dean Hicks sent out a response letter that was full of fluff. And I don't think the response addressed any of our concerns at all. It was like, it was clearly numbered one through five and none, he didn't respond one through five or anything like that. Beyond the underclassmen perspective and the Oxford campus perspective, it's also important to kind of recognize what the students in residence life have been experiencing. So I actually had the opportunity to speak with one of the RAs in Longstreet means Claire Garcia. And she explained how this semester is very difficult for her mental health because while she loves her job and she loves the opportunity to help students with the lack of breaks, she feels like she has to constantly be there for the students she is helping without taking time for herself. She feels like it's difficult to balance schoolwork with the constant pressure of being there for all her students without any breaks. Those breaks were traditionally times where resident advisors kind of got to unwind and reflect on themselves. But without them, RAs are constantly pressured to focus on their students rather than themselves. Going back to like the kind of dichotomy existing between mental health and COVID cases, again, Cara Swain explained to me how the situation is kind of unique in the sense that Emory can market that their campus is doing very well because there have been very few COVID cases on campus, which is undoubtedly a success that we should be talking about. But ultimately, this is kind of just masking a bigger problem that they have on campus, and that is the mental health of students. And the mental health of students have really been deteriorating because of the lack of breaks within the semester. So we talked about the administration a little bit before and, you know, throughout the semester, this difficult decision they have of how they make a plan for COVID. Since there's been pretty overwhelming opposition to the spring semester, what has the university administration done since the news broke? Have things changed? So as a response to student opposition, the administration has implemented three mental health days into the calendar. But these mental health days are in the middle of the week and they are rather randomly scattered across the semester. These mental health days have been met with a lot of opposition similarly to the original plan a lot of students arguing that they will be ineffective car swain kind of explained that because they're in the middle of the week there will not be a time to unwind rather there will just be another day for students to study and kind of get a grip of their work I also had the opportunity to speak with the Dean of Emory College, Michael Elliott, and he explained to me that he does recognize the mental health issues existing within the community. He has tried to take steps in order to kind of introduce that topic and kind of help students with their problems. Everyone involved in inserting the rest days into the calendar recognizes that three one-day breaks is not sufficient to sustain the well-being of our students over the course of a challenging semester. We're all learning here. We're all learning to negotiate uh, a pandemic environment. And it's challenging. You know, let's not forget that we're, you know, 
we're doing this in a moment where over a million people have died across the world. 200,000 Americans have died. And we're trying to carry on as a university. And that is going to require some difficult obstacles for all of us. And I think our students have been remarkably resilient. Thank you so much, Matthew, for explaining the situation to us and uh, taking the time um, out of your uh, busy schedule. Yeah, absolutely. As the semester comes to a close and students prepare to take on finals, there are still many unknowns of what the spring semester will be like. For many students, the idea of transferring or taking time off is a real possibility, especially because many feel unsupported by the university in times of mental crisis. Here's what else is happening at Emory. University President Gregory Fenves informed students, faculty, and staff on October 22nd of the progress the university has made towards meeting a list of demands presented by the Coalition of Black Organizations. Fenves also announced the creation of a scholarship for the descendants of enslaved people. Two undergraduate students will receive the scholarship each year, starting fall 2022. The editorial board came out with a statement deploring the university for not allowing students to have a say in plans for the spring semester. In art and entertainment news, Netflix's Emily in Paris was met with opposition from many critics, one of them being Abby Williams in a review titled Emily in Paris scores an F out of fantastique. Finally, in sports, the Atlanta Falcons 2020 season has not gone according to plan. Staff writer Michael Miriam writes about how the Falcons are in need of a new general manager and head coach that will successively lead them to the Super Bowl. Keep up with Emory content and read these full articles at emorywheel.com. Listen and subscribe to Wheel Talk on Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep an eye out on our social medias and website for our next episode. I'll see you soon. Wheel Talk is produced by Kaylin Chin, Isaiah Poritz, Madison Bober, Gabriella Lewis, and Becca Mosca. Music by Kevin McLeod and cover art by Kaylin Chin.